Welcome back to Pastorally Correct. I'm Chris McLaughlin. If you are a member of a local church, you're an active attender, you are in spiritual leadership within a local church, this is a podcast for you. As I share my perspective as a pastor, as just one pastor among tens of thousands in our country alone or more, as I share my perspective on ministry, on contemporary headlines and trends. I just would love for you as a member of a local church, as a follower of Jesus Christ who wants to make a difference within a local community of faith, whether as part of the church I serve or as a part of any other church, I would love you to be evaluating the situations and the different topics that I address and just to evaluate whether they correspond with a biblical worldview. How can you apply these principles? How can you see ministry from a different perspective or perhaps enhance the perspective you already have? Some of the things we're going to talk about throughout the throughout our podcasts are going to be topics that perhaps you haven't thought about in a deeper way or maybe you've thought about in passing, but hopefully these can be conversation starters for you and anybody on your spiritual leadership team who is part of your local church. And so as we begin to unpack this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we have talked about measuring spiritual health within a local church. We noted that there's not any specific algorithm where you just plug in some data points and it prints out a nice handout that says whether or not your church is spiritually healthy. But instead, we noted that there are objective standards that are true of all healthy churches at all places at all times. There are beliefs that we maintain and practices that flow out of those beliefs that we hold. For instance, we submit, or spiritually healthy churches submit to the full counsel of God's Word. Spiritually healthy churches exist to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. They have evangelistic zeal. They equip people for spiritual uh, service. They equip people to use their spiritual gifts and to practice spiritual disciplines amongst the other prompts that I provided. And so we spent some time talking about that and then about how we are so blessed as part of local churches to have a plurality of views. And so we have individuals who are going to assess those core objectives from different perspectives. And hopefully there's a healthy environment within your church where people can come together and they can talk about what they see not in a critical way, not to tear anybody down, but instead so that as one body, your church might grow in spiritual health. That's certainly the desire I have for the church that I serve. And so as I create this content, I really hope that this is something that we are praying through. Am I actively contributing to the spiritual health of this church? Am I a positive influence regarding the spiritual health of the church of which I am a part? As we've been talking about those, however, I don't want to leave the discussion at a simple list of beliefs that all spiritually healthy churches must possess. So if we just leave it there, what could sort of get picked up and understood is that as long as you have a doctrine statement that affirms these core values, then your church is spiritually healthy. Or as long as there is an intellectual assent, we just agree that these things are true and they are true of all spiritually healthy churches, then we are in fact a spiritually healthy church. The question really becomes, do we put into practice what we believe to be true so long as what we believe to be true is in fact from God's revealed word? Leonard Ravenhill used to say that you could have a doctrine as straight as a gun barrel, but just as empty. And we want to make sure that that is not true of the churches in which we are a part. And so today, I just want to note one overarching point and then address some principles of it. And that overarching principle is that healthy churches have a clear vision for their role in God's great work locally and globally. 
Can I tell you that not every church has the exact same role? Not every church fits the exact same role as though we are just cookie cutter churches. And if you've been a part of different churches, you have probably already witnessed this. So you've seen that there's a number of ways to organize a local church leadership. There are different ways to make decisions within a local church. There are different ways to evaluate things such as a budget, uh, different ways to reach out to your communities. There are different ways to disciple individuals. Some churches are going to be very structured. They really care about having all of their I's dotted and their T's crossed. There are other churches that are a little bit more laid back. There's a number of different categories that we could kind of dive into and assess, but just that general principle that we are not cookie cutter churches, that each church, however, does have a role in God's work locally and globally. And the question is, how does the church you are a part of fit within that great plan of what God is doing? Well, as we share that, and as I said, we're going to have a few principles that we're going to address. And the first one is that if you're going to be part of a healthy church and you are going to be a part of God's great work locally and globally, then your church is not going to be a lone wolf church. What I mean by that is that you are not going to be isolated from other churches. Now, that's not to say that you have to be part of a denomination. There are many great non-denominational churches. I went to two different uh, non-denominational churches growing up, and I thought that they were very healthy churches at, at different seasons. But what I mean by isolated is not simply being part of a denomination. I mean, are we in fellowship with other churches? So the church I grew up in as a, as a child, we partnered with other churches for local outreach, evangelism. We supported other churches and God's work around the world, whether it's through supporting missionaries or whatever it might be. But there were a lot of overlaps there between us and other churches. That's not to say that we didn't have autonomy. As Baptists, we uh, the church I serve uh, currently is a Baptist church, and, uh, and I'm certainly in agreement with kind of a historic Baptist faith tradition. Uh, but uh, So I speak from that perspective, but we maintain the autonomy of the local assembly, which means the self-rule of the local church. And I know that not every person who listens to this podcast will come from that background, so please just understand the perspective from which I'm sharing this. But with that, we're not trying to overstep the autonomy of the local church, where and if you're part of a non-denominational church, well, you have to submit to the authority of another or anything like that. What I simply mean is that we should be able to have fellowship. We should be able to partner with local churches. We should be able to share resources. If your church has a fellowship hall or a gymnasium and the church down the road doesn't have anything like that, and they would love to do some kind of outreach, so long as they're a doctrinally sound church and you can agree on the essentials of the Christian faith, it'd be a real shame if you couldn't allow that church to use that space. There should be fellowship. There should be unity as the community on the outside is looking at your relationship with other churches. There should be Christian love that is shared between the churches. Along those lines, also not being a lone wolf church, it's what we communicate to be true about ourselves. I've heard through the years, just a few pastors who I've been encouraged to listen to online, especially over the last couple of years. Hey, you should check out this pastor. And I'll listen to them. And I've heard just a few say things along the lines of, well, all these other churches have gone astray and they're teaching what's false. And we're the only church or we're one of the only churches that's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That sends off 
huge alarm bells for me. There are thousands of churches in our country that are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in a clear way. Thousands of churches that are standing upon God's word. Now, again, there's no perfect church. So long as it has, there are members of local churches, we're, we're not going to have perfect churches because we live in a fallen world and we stumble in many ways. But when we assess the biblical preaching, when we assess the mission of a local church, we should not be the sort of believers who stand sort of on the outside and view every other church as the other. They all are getting it wrong, but we are getting it right. That kind of sets off like cultish vibes, doesn't it? That for me would be something that would cause me to leave a, a local church. I want to know how a church is partnering with other churches in their community, in their area, and around the world, how they are contributing to God's great work. If a church thinks it's the only church fulfilling the Great Commission, the only church that's standing on biblical values, I have to wonder how they are assessing other churches and whether or not they are puffing themselves up in pride. So that's the first principle. The second is this. A healthy church that has a clear vision for their role in God's great work locally and globally understands what makes them unique. You know, each church is unique. There are some churches that have such good giftedness as it relates to teaching ministry. Not just from the pulpit, but they have sound teachers in their adult and children's Sunday school classes or healthy life group leaders or whatever it might be. There are other churches that are gifted a lot in the in the arts. And so they could have music that is just of high quality. They can even use visual displays for sermons and for other things, and they use those in a, in a very healthy way. There are churches that use electronic values, uh, electronic devices and software in dynamic ways. There are just churches that are so passionate about evangelism that that sort of drives the shift, and that's what they are known for. In addition to that, though, as we consider the uniqueness of the local church, we assess the membership of that church. So how has God blessed a local church with giftedness as it pertains to the spiritual giftedness of those who attend that church? I believe that every single church, regardless of size, whether you have five members or 5,000 members, that you have the personnel you need to accomplish the mission for which you've been called. But that mission is going to look very different. It's going to reflect the spiritual giftedness of those in your church. It's going to reflect the things that people are passionate about. What stirs your heart emotionally? What really gets you on fire for ministry? Is it serving the uh, the single mom? Is it serving the poor families in your church? Is it ministering to the elderly? Is it service projects? Is it purely evangelistic? Are you the sort of revival tent kind of church? What does that look like to you? Well, that's going to, again, reflect the spiritual giftedness you have. It's also going to reflect the passions and desires that people in your church have. It's going to obviously uh, be contingent upon the resources you have, the facilities you have, the financial resources at your disposal. These are going to be part of shaping the specific mission that your church has locally and globally. I know I've been part of local churches in the past that really wanted to do contemporary music. And they said, we really desire to do this, but they didn't have a lot of people in the congregation who were gifted to play instruments or even to sing. So what do you say about that? Well, we have to be like any big, you know, think about a big church off the top of your mind that has a great worship team. We have to be like that kind of a church in order to be a healthy church. Well, no, you don't. You can worship Jesus many different ways, and uh, the musical style can look 
a number of different ways. We don't have to highlight that or we don't have to kind of outline what it's going to look like in pen and just say it has to look like this because it looks like that at other churches. We don't have to say, well, we have to be uniquely good at this because the church down the road is uniquely good at that. No, that might be how God has equipped that church, but he has likely equipped the church you are a part of to minister locally and globally in a way that looks radically different while still maintaining the core doctrine beliefs, while still maintaining the same values, but the expression of those is going to inevitably be unique. So as we consider kind of the giftedness and the opportunities that the local church has, and as I said, every church might be different. It might look different. I pastored a church that when I was called as the pastor, we had nine members. What do you do in a church like that? Who's your mission field? Are you going to get a lot of visitors that come in and stay? Well, no, of course not. You're just not. That's the reality. So we viewed the families of the members of the church as our mission field. We're going to reach out to their families. We're going to pray for them. We're going to do events that draw them in. Also, we li- we had a community there. Our church was right in a neighborhood. There are a number of houses we saw, and this wasn't my idea. One of our deacons noticed, we had two deacons, noticed that several of our neighbors had grass that was quite tall. So we had a few nights in the summer. We'd get on the road with push mowers and just walk down the road, knock on doors, we cut your grass. We'd introduce ourselves, you know, obviously not take anything for that. And if we had the opportunity to share the gospel, we would. Otherwise, we just say, you know, as an expression of our Christian love for our community, this is what we're doing. That's all we could do as a church. And God bless that. The church grew uh, numerically, but it also grew in spiritual health. And people got to be hands-on. They got to use the giftedness that God had has given them. But as we kind of consider what makes each church unique, it's important to understand that sometimes our obstacles are unique as well. And so this is the third principle. This is not to say that any church has difficulties that are exclusive to them. So if you are dealing with church turmoil of difficulties, issues of not getting people to step up and serve, or perhaps you are limited in resources, I don't want you to leave this discussion feeling as though you're alone. You're the only one who faces that kind of challenge. No, uh, instead, I want us to just view these as, as obstacles that are unique, but not exclusive to us. So if if you're assessing your vision, what, what really is God's vision for the local church of which you are a part, and you're considering God's great work locally and globally, it's important to assess the obstacles that the local church has. So if you are a very strong financially church, uh, a financially strong church, and you would say, well, we are able to give and support so many different organizations and missionaries. We are able to financially sponsor a church plant, and we are passionate about that, then that is wonderful. There might be other churches say, we really wish we could be a church planting church. We really wish we could support a lot more missionaries, but we are financially constrained. We are really struggling financially. That would be an obstacle. Now say, maybe this is not the season that you're going to be able to do those things, but that doesn't mean that you failed as a local church. It doesn't mean that you lack a purpose or that God isn't doing great things for that congregation just because you're not able to do everything that some other church down the road is able to do. Maybe, again, you don't have the giftedness that you wish that you had as part of a local church. I used that example earlier of, you know, we'd love to have a dynamic worship team. We just don't have anybody who could play guitar or drums or lead sing. Well, that's a problem. That's not going to be something that God has called your church to do if he hasn't given you the the people resources to accomplish that. And so sometimes we assess, you know, what makes us unique as far as our giftedness? What makes us unique regarding our challenges? Are these challenges ones that we can overcome? Are there things that we feel burdened to do to step out in faith and do? 
Only your spiritual leadership team, as you pray through things, as you seek wise counsel, as you create those environments where people can freely share their perspective, uh, only through those conversations can you begin to flesh out exactly what that looks like for your local church. And the final, the final prompt I'd like to kind of discuss today is how are we a part of God's global work? So healthy local churches that have a clear vision for their role in God's great work have a global uh, uh, picture. So they have an idea of how they fit into God's great work around the world. Well, obviously, if a local church has no interest in ministering to those around the world, no interest in partnering with God's work around the world, no concern for their brothers and sisters who are persecuted because they follow Jesus Christ, then that church would be spiritually unhealthy. Even if they have a doctrine statement that is perfect, even if every single member of the church affirmed a sound doctrinal statement, says, yes, we believe the right things. But if they have no vision for being part of God's global work, that's a problem. Now, as I said regarding challenges, there are probably churches that are struggling so badly financially that they are just simply unable to give in this time. They need other churches to give to them and support them. So say, well, I can't give. We, we haven't sent out missionaries, so that isn't us. Well, you can certainly gather together and still pray for the persecuted church. You can join Open Doors, for instance. It's an organization. The first Sunday in November, they have a prayer for the persecuted church Sunday. You could participate in that. You could bring awareness to those causes. You could pray for specific missionaries. You could send encouraging letters to missionaries and the mission organizations. There are a number of ways you can be a part without financially supporting, without sending people, whatever that looks like. But if you're sitting around a table with your spiritual leadership team and you say, well, what's our, what's our vision for how God has uniquely created this church and called us to serve this local community? How does our personnel and how do our resources affirm for us what we ought to be doing as a ministry? How can we uniquely share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this community? And you have a clear picture for that, and praise God. But then you start sitting down and talking about God's work globally, and your leadership team kind of comes to the conclusion of, you know, there's so many needs here. We don't have any concern for what's happening around the world. We don't have time to worry about that. Let's just focus on here because us, we are the only ones who really matter. This community right here, if God wants to reach people globally, he's just got to plant a, a one local church there. It can be their problem. It's not our problem. That would be a, a, a significant red flag, wouldn't it? We should be passionate about partnering with what God is doing all around the world. We should be able to assess, are we able to support missionaries? Do these missionaries share the same values that we have? Can we support ministries that are, that are an extension of what we do? Can, can we have a sister church, perhaps, in another country? Can we support organizations that God is using to do exciting things? Whatever that looks like within your local church, it's important that you have a clear vision for your role. It's important that you understand the giftedness that your church has, both in personnel, financial resources, uh, structural resources, that you facilities, that is, that you can assess how you can minister to your community locally, how you can be a part of what God is doing internationally. I would love for you just to be to sit back, think about that, pray about that. If you're a pastor, to begin to kind of formulate how you can share your vision locally and globally with your congregation. If you are a part of a local church and you feel as though you are burdened to share something specific, a way to reach the community, and you feel as though your church has the giftedness to do that, they 
have perhaps a desire to do that, and you feel burdened to lead that. And that would be something great to spirit, share with your spiritual leadership team. I, I can't imagine anything more exciting than when somebody comes up to me and they say, you know, I feel so called to do this in this community, or I've seen another church do this. And I think we have the giftedness to do this as well. Do you think this is something we can step out in faith and try? I love having those sort of conversations. Sometimes when somebody shares that with me, I'm in complete agreement. Yes, we have the resources we need to accomplish that. Other times if somebody comes and they say, it'd be great if you did this and I don't have a vision for that or it doesn't correspond with my giftedness. And I say, well, how about you lead this? You feel burdened to do it. And they say, no, I don't have any interest in it. Well, sometimes then that doesn't go anywhere. But I love having conversations like that. I know that pastors in general love hearing from church members who just have a vision for being part of what God is doing locally and globally. And I hope increasingly that is true of all of us. I look forward to discussing these topics more with you next week. May God bless you.